Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Meet Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in so we can answer your question and uh, get you back to... Fixing that car or starting that car repair. This is an interactive call-in show. It's it's your show. All you got to do is call and ask questions, and uh, we'll give you the answers because well, more than likely we've been through it. So Once, twice, every day. Every day, yeah. I'm Bob. Sitting next to me always is Kyle, and uh, yes, once, twice, just about every day. Just about every day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an interesting place to work because you see a little bit of everything. Yeah, I seen it. We we seen a what was it just the other day? We were it was snowing out. I think it was. Didn't we see a Triumph TR seven come through? Is getting gas? Yeah, that's the only time you see them. Yeah, and it was it was snowing out. Which <laughs> perfect and, time to drive your TR six. Yeah, yeah, and it was a you know it wasn't a, it was a pretty good looking car. Not bad. I just we were commenting on it was an old carburetor, and we were just wondering as cold as it was, how we got that thing started. Yeah, and or with that cold weather why he got that thing started yeah i mean i've i mean it wasn't like it was a work day or anything i mean of all the things to do i really want to start that car and go to the gas station he woke up that morning i got to get some premium in that in that tr today i got to do it today today it's snowing but Uh, you know i put it off long enough let's go do it today's the day (laughs) it and for bo- those of you that had carbureted cars way back in the day, and now you got a new car, oh my gosh, what a difference there is in the world. You actually go out and you, and you can auto start your car and the, and the thing starts versus um, it's just laying out there with the park lights on. Yeah. And uh, the car started, ran, and then died. And then uh, now the battery's dead, and now it's a whole different story. But now it always starts, unless you got the key to the to starting nowadays cars are batteries, batteries, batteries. batteries. You got to have a certain amount of cranking RPM in order to get that fuel injected fired off. It has to have you know, anywhere I think what was it 150 to about 300 RPM. Yeah, somewhere right in there, depending yeah. on the model. If it's a four cylinder, you might get by with 120. Now carburetors or like an old Model T, you didn't need that. You can crank them by hand. Yeah, well they had magnetos on them. Yeah. So if you just got any kind of spark, boom, that was running. But if you got anywhere close to the spark plug, you were laying in front of the tires because it knocked you out. Yeah. You, you and don't... they didn't have spark plug boots either. No. <laughs> no, I, I yeah, I don't know how that didn't jump from from over to ground and have a problem. But yes, don't uh, don't ever even get close to a magneto like on an airplane or something like that. It'll it'll knock you out. So, yeah. but yeah, so 
back to that, you have to have a certain amount of cranking RPM for the fuel injection to identify number one cylinder. Says, hey, this is where we're at now. Boom, I'm going to fire and off you go. Mm-hmm. That's why a battery in nowadays cars are so critical. And if you have a battery that's weak and uh, it just usually just goes straight to clicking, it won't have a problem. Honda's the only one that can really start a car. On like five volts? On five volts. You ever <laughs> notice that? <laughs> I don't know why that that car brand is, but it's just it it will start almost on nothing for voltage. But boy, you put a twelve volt battery in, you can't beat it, can't kill it. So until your starter goes bad, then you got to take the intake off. Yeah, yeah, they never they don't put starters in convenient spots, do they? Not anymore. They don't. We did one the other boy. Um, we just did one under the intake of a Nissan this morning. Yeah. Yeah, those of you that drive the, uh, what, 16, 18 Jeep Grand Cherokees, those are four-hour starters. Mm-hmm. you got to uh, pull a bunch of stuff out and, and move around. and uh. You know, and that brings up another thing. So I was all set and ready to put a starter in a Lexus, what is it, like an IS250 mm-hmm. the other day. 2008 Lexus IS250. Here's a little car story from around the shop this week. Just a walk through the day in my life. <laughs> so it came in, it wouldn't crank, new battery, new cable ends, all that hoorah. Right. And get it in, it won't crank, won't click, won't do nothing. Guess what it was? I Starter? Nope, not a starter. A fuel pressure sensor. Really? It, 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 so it, it shut it down completely? Because Shorted it, the ground, no communication with any of the modules, took the whole network down. Oh, Nothing okay. Nothing would work. Okay, all right. One three-wire sensor. And that's, oh, okay. That, and that, a tow from Lincoln. Ah! <laughs> that needs to be reconfigured, for sure. So those of you that don't know what a network is, a network is kind of a big circle. It starts at 12 o'clock, and it's got to talk to each module all the way around mm-hmm. to the circle. So if everything talks up to 11 o'clock, for example, and it doesn't, that module from 11 o'clock to noon doesn't talk, now you got issues because it has to talk, it has to communicate, it has to go back and forth. It's just a bunch of people, electronic people in there talking back and forth to say, yes, you okay, yes, I'm fine, and just kind of goes back there in split seconds. But if one in of those- In most cases, it's pretty, I mean, thanks to CAN bus, mm-hmm. it's really easy. Right. Back in OBD one days, not so easy. No. You know- Essentially, all I had to do was just narrow it down, get a wiring diagram. Okay, these sensors have a five volt reference; they can take down a network. Unplug it. Yes, you know. All it, of a sudden, I unplugged that sensor. Communication started. My engine cranked. Wouldn't run very good, but it cranked. Yeah, yeah. And I knew I found my problem. So, you know, and then we had uh, another shop story. We had uh, Nissan uh, Rogue last week that had a BCM go bad. The BCM controls most everything inside the car. The yeah. heating and air conditioning, backup camera. Uh, you Probably know. door locks, windows, yep. Yep. dash, yep. HVAC, yep. et cetera. So diagnosing it wasn't terribly bad. Uh, replacing it was easy. The programming uh, took about a day. Mm-hmm. And it took uh, four tries to get it all, everything hooked up because there's you know there's 40 modules in it. And some would talk, some wouldn't, and then it'd have to start over again. And then some would talk, some wouldn't. Then you have to guess at what options the car has to yeah. load the right software. Yeah. It's- yeah, so it's that BCM comes blank, and you have to tell what car it goes in, and yeah. blah, 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 blah. So it could have made that a lot easier, that's for sure. Yeah, it's not like changing a floppy disk. No, no. <laughs> God, that was easy, wasn't it? Yeah, where would that be? Remember... <laughs> 
<laughs> Early computers, you just had that little prom that was essentially a yeah. floppy disk, and you got a blank computer, snap this guy in there, and off you went. We have come considerably more complicated, haven't we? But we've gotten considerably better on every on, on everything, too. Yeah. I mean, it's got its ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah. Today, today's a top 10 car wash day, so if you're one of those people out there driving a dirty car, you better go Get over to the car line. wash. Get in line. Buchanan service centers at 50th and Dodge and 80th and Dodge. We both got car washes. There's going to be a little bit of a line, but I'd probably say two or three cars deep is probably the most I've seen at the moment. So Right now, yeah, this morning was actually yeah. somewhat slow. I was debating on getting my truck in there, and then I went around, and there was a line. And yep, like, yep. Yeah. got to get that salt off your car. Get the undercar wash. Get the best wash. You don't buy that car wash every time anyway. Yeah. You get the cheap one most of the time. Get the good undercar wash. Get everything nice and clean, and then get out and wipe it down when you're done. And that, At least it'll look good for a little while. But you got to get that salt layer off. I know it's... It's it, the streets are wet, so it's going to get dirty again. But it's it's not about being perfect; it's about getting all that salt off of there. Yeah. So try to beat the rust before the rust beats you. Yes, yes. We're kind of in the didn't used to be in the rust belt. I think we're more in the rust belt than we used to be, but we're not as bad as you know Michigan. No. You know, up in that area, they're they're terrible. Yeah. For, for what it is, you park your car, go into work, come out, and it's already rusted away. <laughs> You know, when you, <laughs> when, you, when you go grocery shopping and you park it and then you come out and you see little rust piles all the way around your car. I've had cars like that. Yeah, I have too. My driveway's orange because of it. I've had, yeah, I've had that thing too. Yeah. You know what stops that? You know what stops all that? A little yeah. bit of uh, expandifold. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you get fill in there. Up all those rust holes? Yeah. Yeah. Fill up all the rust holes. You get a little hacksaw and then you just kind of gently kind of cut everything away from, uh, where, where everything didn't expand. Sometimes it pushes the fenders out a little bit, but that's okay. You're yeah, just you're kind of, sand that off. You sand that off. Yeah, that's the problem because I got a Ford Falcon in my driveway. Uh-huh. Everything's pretty clean. Not a lot of rust on the car except the backs of the bumpers. So I got two straight orange lines. Yeah. Numerous places. Expand the foam. It's also for you know. It's a safety deal too. So you, right. if you get hit, you got extra expand foam in there. Boy, I've you seen those didn't. collisions. <laughs> <laughs> you probably didn't know that at all. So I'm going to fill my trunk with it. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that'll that work, too. I've seen it in several cars. We've opened the truck looking for taillight bulbs to fix that and go, holy moly, what is that? And, scoop uh, that out of the way. You, d- you didn't see it from the outside because they uh, they put it all in, scraped it down, filled it with Bondo, and painted it. But when you open the, the – I'm really close to doing that on my truck because, I mean, you've seen my truck in the past yeah. – 12 months, I guarantee you half this city has run into my truck, whether I'm in it or not. <laughs> it's great to have a vehicle you don't care about as far as how it looks and run, uh, goes and the body-wise. You know, mechanically, his runs great. Runs great. But on the outside, it's like, Doesn't I look don't great. Care. You know, I don't care if it gets a door ding. Here, I'll put one in for you. Yeah. You know, that kind of car. It's happened. Yep. All right, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in so we can help you with that car repair. We'll be back in a minute. Coming to theaters this spring. Hey, Bob. Oh, hi. Hey, it's getting real busy out here in the garage. You uh, think you can come help us out? The story of one mechanic's fight to believe in himself. Help out? Uh, in the garage? Uh, but I'm just a cashier. When no one else would believe in him. I've seen you under the hood, Bob. I know you got what it takes. Yeah. 
of A Star Is Born comes the next movie to lose an Oscar with Bradley Cooper as Mark. Bob, you're the best damn mechanic I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of mechanics. Probably at least like 20. And Lady Gaga as Bob. You're the only one who's ever believed me. I love you. This spring, A Mechanic Is Born. Coming to a garage near you. Mechanic Show is powered by Buchanan Service Center, 79th and Dodge, and 50th and Dodge in Omaha. The can't miss music event of the year is coming to the CW. The 2022 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Featuring once in a lifetime performances from the biggest superstars in all of music. Ladies and gentlemen, what's up, All hosted by Ryan Seacrest from T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Don't miss our 2022 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Continuing tonight at 7 on The CW. Okay, we are we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We're Buchanan Service Centers. 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and guaranteed brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. So stop in and see us for some brakes. Stop into the other two places to get your car fixed or at least today washed. Make it look better. Make yourself feel better when you get it clean. Don't forget to fill it up. You always feel better when you have a full tank if of gas. Full tank, yeah. Wash your car. Yeah, you just you just feel better. You, you're driving down the road. You don't want everybody staring at you. All right, we're going to head over to Ross. Ross is restoring a 78 uh, Chevy pickup short box. An old Ross, what's going on today? Yes, sir. Well, you know, I'm I'm old enough to grow up on GTOs and three carburetors and all that, and mm-hmm. and you know everybody goes LS on a lot of this old stuff that they restore and make a resto mod out of them. But my question is, when we were you know back in the 70s, 80s, and even 90s, 
did we have all this trouble that we seem to always, you know, trash the carburetors about today? Or is it because we've taken off the heating tube and messed with the coil on the, you know, side of the carburetor? Or, you know, is there a way to, you know, I just don't recall, you know, the dealer telling you, you know, you're going to have trouble with this the moment you try to start it in the cold, you know, but you'll have to wait 20 years till we get electronic injection. <laughs> I don't know. I've kind of always thought that uh, I always thought Rochester had a uh, new Chevrolet really well and uh, didn't really want to go to fuel injection because they had a you know trying to take care of the people or something like that. They were like always that. a good running carburetor. They were. I yeah. mean, you know, we had we had uh, fuel injection back in '57. Uh, or 56. Right, yeah, yeah, we had Corvette. Our, and, yeah, we had mechanical no, fuel injection before that. that well, was like yeah, it was in, 53, yeah, 54. You're right. But we had mechanical fuel injectors that worked great. There was no reason not to take it from there and just make it better. But we we experimented it with there and just went right straight back to carburetor. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know why. It was almost seems like, yeah, we can't really kill this yet because uh, whatever. It seemed like somebody was in cahoots there to keep carburetors. It really was because they yeah. had the technology, didn't forward it along like they did everything else in the world, seat belts, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, I know with, you know, seven pounds of pressure, no return line, Yep. you know, no sensors. You got a beautiful looking, you know, 350, 454. And it's just, you know, I know you have to go to a nursing home to find somebody to tune them anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, there are, Rochester's were pretty good. We were just talking about that off the break and about, you know, two barrel Hollies were junk. I mean, uh, yeah. Brock, yeah. any of those AFBs were generally a pretty good carburetor. Yeah. You know, the, the, um, Thermal quads on, on Dodges weren't too bad for a while, but after who, who, why did you think about putting plastic or Bakelite in the middle of there when you got all that heat coming up there? <laughs> yeah. What what I have always found and what we have always done is if we've got a car that comes in like a you know a late mod or old car like that or even you know a, a square box like you have is um, you know yeah. we'll, we'll throw a, a Carter AFB on it or you know what uh, most people know it as an Edelbrock. Edelbrocks right. are so simple; they work so good. You just bolt them up. You got a little bit of linkage to put on them, and they they work. They run. They work great. You know, I've got one on my uh, old classic, and I put one on another, but uh, another friend of mine's car that has a, a, a square box, and uh, it works perfect. They just seem to be so simple. They really do. So yeah, you know, running to fuel injection, and even now you can switch it over to fuel injection, and and it runs way better. Um, you know, some of the Holly's got a good system out there, but there's various other people out there that got great systems as the time goes along to yeah, switch it to Holly fuel injection. Sniper MSD has right. their atomic EFI line that people are really getting into. A lot of the racers like that MSD stuff because, yeah. you know, it's bright and shiny underneath the hood, and you get a sticker with it when you buy yeah, it. Yeah, you get a sticker. <laughs> Our frustration... Yeah. Our frustrations came as a mechanics is when we overhaul these carburetors, you got them together. Everything was beautiful. It ran great. I mean, it was just like it came out of the factory. And two months later, some uh, chunk of dirt or whatever went down the carburetor and plugged up the same spot. Now it's back to exactly where it was, and you had just did it. It wasn't our fault. It just was the inherent yeah. problem of that car and, and how it was. So, yeah. But so are you keeping with the carburetor, or are you going to switch it to something else? Well, I was I was uh, I have access to a 454 TBI, and I'm like, mm. I'm trying to decide. Okay, should I put the the sniper, or the Terminator on it, and pay the fifteen hundred two grand and change the whole fuel system, or just put a really really nice 
you know, quadrajet and do it the old-fashioned way. And and uh, but I just, you know, I just don't recall what the GTO that I had. I, you know, it started in the winter. I, I, I you know, it just seemed. Well, Odd, you know. that was a tube, and I've got one of those, so I, I know how that starts. Um, so it's it's a, just a two-barrel carburetor. All of it runs on that little two-barrel uh, quadrajet, and that was a, a or not, not a quadrajet, but it, it, it was a two-barrel, and that one actually wasn't too bad. Other than the base loosening up, it would fire and run pretty good. If you want a car that it's just going to start every time and it's not going to be an issue, it's going to have a high idle and then come back down, yeah, Find right. one of those sniper systems or the, you know, the, the fuel injection systems are not that difficult to put on. And once you put it on once, you're pretty much done. Yeah. You ain't got to mess with that carburetor anymore. Well, but, that would be kind of handy. Not every Saturday before you go out cruising to have to set everything. Yeah. No, you just yeah. set well, it once and you put your programmer in your glove box and down the road you go. Yeah, you got a programmer. You can adjust it to how you want. You know, the idle where you want. You can kind of see everything. If if it were me, I, I've... I got rid of all my problems in the other car that I have to uh, to put an Edelbrock on it, and uh, all that problems went away. It it runs great, starts great. It just idles like crazy until such time as it gets warmed up. But that's just part of what it is. Yeah. Now, well, hey, thanks for the input, guys. I appreciate it. You bet. Give us a call anytime. All right, I appreciate the call, Ross. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Hang on, we'll be right back. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in, and uh, let's help you with that car repair. We're going to head straight over to Sven's got a 2013 Dodge Journey. Sven, what's going on today? Oh, gosh, darn, I just forgot. Um, saver light, battery saver mode, just out of the blue. No other indicator lights, maybe alternator or battery, whatnot. Do you have any idea what that's about? Battery saver? Ba- is that a light? Light on the dash? Battery. Yes, it, 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 it comes up on the on, on the dash, battery saver mode. Uh, there's nothing in the instruction manual. Uh, it, it checks down the radio, but hmm. I show no other... I show no other kind of uh, uh, indicator lights. Interesting. I don't know that I've ever seen a, a battery saver light on there. Let's go through the basics and make sure our car is charging. Yeah. Yeah, I think so we can. an old car. It's pretty simple. Let's make sure it's charging. Let's look at all our connections, positive, negative. Make sure it's all clean, charging good. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So this is uh, it's a Chrysler Dodge product. So the first thing we've always said is, Make sure you take the once you check the charging system and make sure it's charging fourteen and a half volts and it's doing fifty sixty amps. We know that's okay. Make sure your battery is good, um, and then also make sure the connections on th- that are really good, I, inside and out. They're very good uh, for having corrosion, and they are very particular in the Dodge products to have a if I remember right voltage that one's problems. In the fender, it's probably it? in the fender. When's the last time you changed it? You remember? Oh, about a year and a half ago, yes, and it's a wonderful treat, great time had by one and all when you change one of those batteries. You got oh, it. Yeah. You got it. It was like the engineers got it all done and said, well, how are we going to start it? Where are we going to put the battery? Exactly right. We could put it over Are there. They? Why are we going to put it there? Because there ain't no other room left. Somebody's got to yeah, intervene exactly with those right. guys. Just just put it on the roof. Yeah, put it I on. mean, you're well, going to put it in a stupid sure. spot. Put it there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> that guy was sick. All right, well, appreciate it, guys. You bet. You bet. No problem. It, thanks for the call. And we did, we've said it many, many, many times. Make sure that the cable connections on any kind of Chrysler Dodge products just are super clean. Not just externally. Take them off. 
clean the insides of them really well, make sure the battery posts are real well. They're very, very susceptible to voltage issues, which will cause doesn't all... doesn't take a lot to break them down. Nope. It takes a, and once you've got great connections on there, a lot of other issues just seem to disappear. So, All right, we're going to head over to John. John's got an O2 Mustang GT. John, what's going on today? Well, hey, first-time caller, love your show. Even the karaoke reminds me of my cat when she's in heat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've got a 2002 Mustang GT, just had the fuel pump replaced, and it starts and runs fine. However, I do have a dash light on that I've never seen before. It's yellow. It's clear to the right, and it looks like a jerry can, gas can with an X in the middle of it. I'm guessing that that means insufficient fuel pressure because I'm smelling gas. Mm, boy. I'm not familiar with this light. I'm not familiar with that light either. Boy, we've got two lights you know, I'm not familiar with back-to-back. Back. So it looks like a jerry. It's yellow. Right. And it's, it looks like a jerry can. You like an oil can? No, no, remember the old jerry cans used to be on the back of Jeeps? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, were, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it looks like that, only with an X. It's got an X in the middle of it, and it's yellow. So it's not it's not an urgent error message. Otherwise, it would be red. But I've never seen that uh, icon before. But I do smell a, small, a strong aroma of gasoline, and I think one of the lines or something that they connected when they replaced the fuel pump is seeping or something. But... There may be some relationship between that light and the smell of gas. Well, generally, if it's going to be a smell of gas and you're getting a light, it's going to be your check engine light because you're failing an EVAP monitor. Okay, the check engine light is not on. Okay, okay. all right, so you know where that's at. Um, you know, I don't know, John. I mean, um, obviously, you know, you have to take a step backwards, and a step backward is is, is what did you have done, and more than likely we've got a something that wasn't hooked up or maybe a bad connection on something that, that uh, maybe didn't get snapped in. The aroma right, of right. fuel is um, also something plastic, and, and you got your EVAP going, and, and that yeah. once you fill it up, the, you got fumes coming out. Those Mustangs, right. they weren't easy to get a fuel pump in. No. Because getting that tank down, the filler goes into, like, essentially the middle of the tank, and there's a big rubber boot. And generally, that's right. what leaks, because when you go to put it back together, if you don't get enough grease in there so it'll just kind of slide on there, you'll end up cutting that boot. And I've been through it. I'm sure Bob's been through yeah. it. And you got to order another one, and yeah. you feel shame. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. That's, that's my suspicion as well. Uh, I just wanted to get some confirmation. I've never called into your show. I listen to it every Saturday. And, yeah. And, uh uh, based on your singing skills, uh, don't quit your day job. Oh, well, yeah. that's not me. No, we, we, we got people to do that. They, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. you, know what, well, you know what? We're going we're gonna to look that up. So listen next week. I, I, am, I am intrigued on what that light is. I, I've got to find well, out now. A, never seen an air light like that before. Now, we're, I'm going to well, have to find out. Work, guys. Happy New Year, and uh, I'll listen next week as well. All right. Sure thing. Appreciate the call. Yeah, you know, we've often talked about how many lights that seem to, to crop up and uh, just... Once in a while, even you and I get a new one. New one, yes. A, yeah, I've not seen a a jerry can with an X through it with a yellow light. That's, I don't know. I've got to know now. I'm going to write that down. So we'll find out. Yeah. All right, we're going to head over to Eric, 03 Cadillac DeVille. Eric, what's going on today? 
Oh, uh, hey, I bought a Cadillac for my kid when they turned 16, and it was driving super nice when I bought it. Well, I had to drive it about a week ago, and it was misfiring. I worked on the spark plugs, and didn't seem to get much better, so I was doing, like, internet research, and I tried to replace the coil pack, too, and it it was a little better, but I don't know what's going on. I mean, are all North Star V8s just terrible motors, or what am I doing wrong? Well, not terrible. They leak oil. They like yeah. to leak oil. They, they they mark their spot just about wherever they go, but... Um, yeah, they'll fill up the gas tank and check the oil. Yeah, you know... <laughs> we got to narrow it down to which cylinder's right, misfiring. Right. That's our first step. Figure out which cylinder's misfiring. Then we only got fuel, spark, shirts getting air. So well, I got, got a, a diagnostic. It, the diagnostic tool was giving me the two and six, and so that's why I thought it was the coil. And I put a, a one on that wasn't OEM, but uh, after that wasn't fixing the problem, I put the original one back on, and it ran about the same with the new plugs and the those little boots. Okay. So I just I don't know where to go. So, Some people have said a fuel injector and I tried a mechanic so, in a can. Um jog my memory. Is this does this have individual coils for each cylinder or one coil pack? For, I think it's one coil. It's it, one. It's yeah, it's a two hundred and fifty dollar coil. <laughs> okay. And I think it's I think they're if I'm not mistaken, Kyle, I think they're specific right and left. Okay. So I, you got yeah. one coil per bank. All right. right. So Again, I mean, we got us. Are we getting spark out of those two cylinders? Because you know what, you got two, four, six, one, three, five, per on each bank. Do you have a terminal in your ECM that's corroded? That's maybe crossing to ground. Um, do you got? This has also got A and B crankshaft sensor on it too. It does. It's got You'd two crankshaft sensors that sit next odds to each and other. Evens maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you're going to have to go back to, uh, like Kyle said, air, fuel, and spark. Since you can, uh, the easiest thing for you, trying to figure out the easiest thing for you to do is, uh, without all the testing equipment that we have, you might um, probably do compression. Probably be the first place I'd start. You know, yeah. let's just make sure we've got good compression along that bank, and then we don't have a problem in two and four. And then, then after that, it's just start narrowing it down. We know we got air. We know we got fuel. We don't know we got fuel. We got to figure out whether we got fuel or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got spark. a new spark plug in there. You got a new coil. You still got a problem. So right, you've already right. tried an- I- another coil, and that didn't solve the problem. And your spark plugs are probably about not it. Well, when it when I put the new part on and it, it gave me the same uh, error on two and two and six, I think it was. I pulled the the new coil off and I checked and. Replace the number two spark plug just to see, and it seems like it runs the exact same. Right. Even with a, another new plug in there. Yeah. But when I pulled them originally, there was a little bit of foul, so I didn't know if that meant that there was, like, oil on them, so I didn't know if that meant that well, there was, like, a gasket bad somewhere or so something. So I'm going to say that you probably don't have a coil problem since you replaced that. Your spark plugs are probably fine. Um, if you, you could switch them, switch uh, number two and four, uh, two and six okay. for... Um, what four and eight four and eight four and eight switch those around see if so that you're just doing diagnostics within what you have and see if it switches if it's still on two and four then the next thing i'm probably going to check is um, injector pulse i'm going to see if i've got injector pulse okay okay if um so it should have power all the time and then should pulse the ground so 
check a good one so that you know what injector pulse is going to look like when a car runs and switch it over to the bad one and then take a look at that and see if it's actually have a problem there and then if it doesn't then you got either a computer problem a broken wire or like like kyle said corroded connections all right gentlemen that gives me quite a few things to, to work yeah. on yeah yeah and if you so. have problems beyond that let us know we could all right, we I'll can, let everybody know. Just don't buy a Cadillac. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, if you get to that point you. and you want some more help, you know, bring it by. Give us a call. We'll help you out. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show, 558-1110. We'll be back in a minute. All right, we're back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We're going to jump right into the call so we can get everybody in here. John, you got a res- uh, John's on the line. Got a response to the to the last caller. Go ahead, John. Yeah. Um, good afternoon, gentlemen. Almost, and uh, as referring to that Mustang gentleman, the one with the cat problem, um, I think it's the uh, vapor caster. Um, I think it's full of gas. Well, yeah, it's something. I, I agree with the gas smell, and uh, something just didn't get hooked up. It's plastic line. Something broke. Didn't get hooked on right. Um, oh, I, I agree with everything uh, along that line. Um, my, what I want to know is what that yellow light is. It looks like a trash, uh, a cherry can. That that that's that's what I got to know. The rest of well, it. Well, I tell you what, I I think um, you know they either got the, the return line running to the vapor canister, and then it's going back into the tank, or. Um, well, uh, vice versa, you know, or you got, yep. like you say, it's got a light off. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll take a look into that. I'll figure out the light, and we'll get this problem solved. I appreciate the call, John. Okay, bud. Bye-bye. Bye. Mark's got an old 11 uh, Honda Accord. Mark, what's going on today? Well, uh, this car's got a, a tire pressure uh, monitoring system. Sure. And, and, it ha- and it has worked really well. Let me know when there's a low tire in the past. But now, instead of the low, the tire that shows that pressure is down, now the TPMS light is on, telling me the whole system is malfunctioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess that's what it means. It yeah. does. There's a hard code set in that system. Yeah. So all the sensors, the sensors in each tire just have a radio right. signal, kind of like what we're doing right here. And it, it goes out to a module inside the car. It reads that and says, okay, everything's okay, or nope, everything's not okay, and kicks on a light accordingly. So if there's a TPMS system light is on, there's a problem with the receiver inside the car or you know something that's just not receiving signals one way or the other. So it just got – usually they're very reliable ac- oh, yeah. across the board on just about every car. But every once in a while, you'll have something like that. So your decision is is whether it's 2011, whether you want to spend, you know. X amount of dollars. Yep. X amount of dollars. to 200. Yep. Two to, two to $500 to get something fixed like that or more. Or do it the old-fashioned way and just uh, stare at them once in a while and say, those look low. I better put some air in them. So. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Two to 500 bucks, huh? Is that something that I could replace or is it? more complicated than that it's going to be more complicated than that you got programming involved yep. in any aspect of that system yep so th- those modules are just going to come dumb they, they don't know what car they're going into and you've got to program them to say they're in a honda accord or if they're in a honda ridgeline so uh 
there might be some broken wires, corroded wires, something along that line, but it's not a normal thing that goes bad. It's just a it's a very few and far between. Like I say, their tire pressure monitors are pretty rock solid across the across mm-hmm. every car as far as working right. So think about All that. Right. And if so, uh yeah, that's what you gotta fix. Thanks. Hey, thanks for your help. You bet. Uh we're gonna head over to Craig. Craig's got Greg, rather, 2012 Subaru Outback. Greg, what's going on today? (laughs) So it's got uh, 190,000 miles on it. The check engine light came on, and uh, they said its catalytic converter is bad. PL420. Yep. Well, they they checked it out. I guess that's what it popped up, and they said those two sensors were good, but the converter on one side wasn't working. Mm -hmm. My question is, is it worth trying to – I've seen some products that – clean converters or something is it worth the 20 30 dollars for that or spend the thousand bucks to put a new one on uh no yeah i've never nope. seen those no. products really spend work. the 20 or 30 bucks go get a good car wash <laughs> keep the rest away get, okay. you're gonna get more out of that than you will out of a mechanic in a can with that no like Kyle said, replace the catalytic converter. That's the only way it's going to get gone. Um, the efficiency is not as good as it used to be, and it's just breaking down. So, no. Okay. Now, nah. Yeah, get a catalytic converter and two car washes. You'll be good. <laughs> Great. Thanks, guys. All right, Greg. You bet. All right. Comes to another end of the show. That was quick, Kyle. In you and got out. Got them all fixed. Got them all fixed. And we're going to find out about the Mustang. I, I swear I'm going to find out. You listen next week. We're, we're going to get it done. So, I am Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown.